so I'd like to welcome you. Can you um, hear me okay? All right, thank you. So I'd like to uh, welcome each and every one of you to this uh, second uh, session, the evening session on the, uh, on the Wednesday uh, evening. So in the meeting, I've just got the notes here in front of me. Um, last week, it was on the area of um, money, ethics, environmental concern, use of uh, products, differences between um, the relationship of compassion and what pleasure does and interrelated themes uh, around uh, that. So this week we move on to a fresh theme and uh, essentially it is around um, uh, uh, lifestyle, health, and areas of mindfulness in this application. It is always with these important human areas to remember to give consideration for oneself, not as the priority, but to include oneself and equally to include uh, others that may show itself in some informal conversations. It may show itself in taking of notes and writings. So the core questions that we raise, that lifestyle, let's say, under the general heading, what would you say to a small group of people? How would you address this major uh, theme and much more. So the communications are both inwardly concerned and outwardly in expression, spoken or written, so that we make a contribution to increasing uh, the dialogue on these subject matters. Highly uh, important, uh, obviously, given the acute vulnerability of the world that we uh, live in due to many um, causal factors. And the major one, of course, is human behavior. So this period of time falls into three areas, as usual. One, um, a guided meditation, which includes uh, some aspects of the theme. I'll uh, speak to you, remembering, of course, that it is just one person's way of looking. There are an infinite number of ways to explore these kind of themes and also following on to include time for some exchange, either through the chat in the column, as usual, or alternatively, if you wish to come uh, and uh, speak, we have an exchange or I'll, I'll answer questions or I'll skew them in that way. So first, let's have a shared two minutes of uh, <clears throat> silence together. 
and from there I'll go into the uh, guided meditation. So just sitting tall, sensing and acknowledging the stillness, the quietness of the being. And this quite naturally can contribute to the fading away of what we have been doing today, what we have been saying today, what we have been thinking about today. Thank you. I'll just run my eye over the, uh, the theme uh, um, uh, uh, a little bit uh, with you. So the bullet points, I have them here in front, is what does a healthy lifestyle imply? What's a supportive way to care for the body? What helps us with regard to being mindful of harmful impact of substances, eating, smoking, etc. Um, and what's the difference between a healthy discipline and giving oneself a hard time. So I'll uh, have to guide your meditation with you first. <clears throat> uh, so let's, your eyes can be open, closed, half open as you may wish. And just taking the sitting posture. Remember that uh, your um, screen is um, muted, sound is off. So just uh, sitting. Mindfulness of the sitting contributes to calmness and calmness is one of the best preparations for reflection.
for receptivity to insight. the capacity to listen well, clearly and deeply to the inner voice as well as listening to another or others. So our mindfulness practices including in the sitting posture, recognizes and acknowledges the immense benefits of calmness. sit with a calm state of being. And then with this as the anchor place, the, the grounding spot for us, we can <clears throat> engage in some quiet uh, reflection. When we hear the words lifestyle, Sorry. <laughs> I usually turn it off. <laughs> so I'll just turn it off and then um So when we hear the word uh, lifestyle, what comes to mind? So you're quietly listening uh, inwardly. Sometimes it's related to what we do. Motivations and <clears throat> intentions. 
is to recognize what's supportive for ourselves and others and the environment. to be mindful and clear. <clears throat> Are there any changes that we need to make? Moderation, uh, letting go. Doing without, being without. So our reflections <clears throat> include our initiatives, purposefulness, expressions of support <clears throat> as a <clears throat> meaningful way of life, includes reflection on making changes of making space it could be space in our home Space in our cupboards, space to <clears throat> give more time to being outdoors.
So sometimes <clears throat> it's home or place of work, clothing, food, any medication, travel, all worthy of reflection. so that we can abide with <clears throat> certain clarity, a uh, refinement of being, a moderation in our daily life. So we explore this. <clears throat> we can give plenty of mindfulness and practice to that small area between the nose and the chin, i.e. namely the mouth. And as much as possible, we use the nose for breathing in and breathing out. We use the mouth for drinking and uh, eating. We use the mouth for speaking. So we are mindful human beings of what comes in the mouth and equally what we say. And be vigilant, careful about self-righteousness, getting 
intense with views around lifestyle, around way of living or diet. So that we stay committed to calm, to clarity, to a wise <clears throat> way of living. And we give some reflection to this on a regular basis. Remaining two minutes, still abiding in the calm. And as women and men of uh, practice, of mindfulness, of inquiry, Let's leave no stone unturned, meaning as a metaphor. Let's bring mindfulness to every aspect of human existence and our relationship to who and what is around us. Okay, thank you very much for listening. <laughs> I heard the phone behind me in the kitchen area ring. It was uh, Ula sending a message. It might be for you lots more than for me. So forgive me, I'm going to have a look if she has sent me a message. Let me have a look. It's very unusual uh, to uh, give a call. <laughs> I'll give her a ring uh, uh, later. <clears throat> uh, and uh, a chorus from another friend, Peter. Can I pop by and pick something up? Because yeah, he keeps his stuff up upstairs. He's my uh, regular house guest. All right, let me just speak to you for a little while. And then some questions. <clears throat> the area of lifestyle and quite often livelihood is such a, a major aspect of life. And sometimes the shift a little bit in language brings about a, a little change in the view. So 
quite often, but not always, person may say, um, I really want to develop my career. It could be that the primary focus is on a work which is of benefit for oneself, perhaps one's immediate loved ones, and there is much emphasis on career. <clears throat> in these kind of teachings and exploration, the shift in language is on livelihood. So the feeling senses that it includes equally important what we do and the impact it has around us. So mindfulness is an exploration of a wise livelihood, beneficial inwardly and um, outwardly. <clears throat> I just watched a documentary, you can find it's worth watching, called Social Dilemma. Apparently it's the fourth most watched documentary this week, according to the um, promotions of it uh, there. And how something can be used, in this case, social media, which may have um, initially healthy intentions, bring people together, Facebook, Google, to provide easy access to a diversity of information. And then gradually, gradually, the motivation shift and change to the use of algorithms, essentially to hold our attention um, and handing that to advertising in order that we buy. Motivation starts to change. So it takes some, quite some challenge for all of us to ensure the quality of mindfulness is looking carefully at livelihood, staying true to precious principles, and similarly with lifestyle. In the diversity, what do we spend our money on would be one example. Can we live without luxuries would be another. Looking at the way that we use resources, are we able to make things last, and much, much more. And there's something rather um, challenging and important about it. And it's a way of life which, as I mentioned before, regards and needs communication. And the world of mindfulness, which has such um, kind of landed well, has a street credibility, as we say. People appreciate it. They appreciate all the evidence to show the benefits. Quite often it's used, in my view, not always, but in a um, 
a particular framework or a particular box or categories uh, there. And I would say that there is an immense opportunity for all of you, all of us, to bring mindfulness and apply it in the communications in such areas as lifestyle, in such areas as right livelihood, in such areas as diet, as how we spend our money, what's a healthy way of living, what's a, a spiritual way of life, if one likes, appreciates this word spiritual. It genuinely can really open up the doors. And I think what's valid and important about it is not something that you and I <clears throat> learning, kind of learning books and then teach. So we might get the benefit of the books. I have to say that because I write them. <laughs> but more importantly here, it's the voice of authority is not due to how much we have learned to our success in knowledge, grades, degrees or whatever. The voice of authority is the voice of experience. It's a voice of, in a way, saying, I've looked at this, mindfulness, calmness, insight, this evening, lifestyle, diet, whatever. The outcome of it, I feel more calm, less stress, a perception of life which is receptive and curious and interested. And that experience is your authority to speak on the subject. It carries the weight. And people who are, um, or person, individual, who is listening to you, when she or he or they recognize um, the experience of you is talking to the other with the um, communication, perhaps the guidance or the instructions or the sharing, experience feels so much more powerful than theory, than um, abstract knowledge, um, than just quoting somebody who you have read in a book. It can be a, a small, minor place for that, but people tend to respond to experience. <clears throat> I'll give you, I mean, this is very personal, very small, Incidental example. Um, just a, a few few days ago, it's, it's a little bit on the theme with you. I had. Let me just just going to turn on the light behind. Hang on. 
Just uh, I, as we do, I put the the, the clothes in the uh, washing machine, a whole load of clothes over the last whatever week or 10 days, washed them, put them out on the line in the back garden. They were a nice sunny day, they all dried out. And then came home and took them off the line, put them in a kind of big tray, and literally took them up to the, the bedroom and dropped them on a piece of carpet and I thought to myself, oh, tomorrow morning, I'll sort it all out. You know, put you know, the shirts here, and you know, underpants there, and a jumper here, and the, and the usual ritual of daily life in the, in, the, in the bedroom there. And I got the idea following morning to go through every single item of clothing I have with one question. Do I need this? And the outcome of uh, that, when I went through everything. Every single item I have in, uh, here at home, slightly shocked by the stuff in the wardrobe. <clears throat> and by the end of the time, I had a bag of things just to throw in the bin. They're completely worn out and beyond hope. But a variety of other items, to two bag, big bags full, um, to, which I put in and carried off to the charity shop and handed over to the charity shop. And as we, we all know, just small thing, getting rid of, passing it on, of support to others, being recycled, and getting some further good use. And some of these things I hadn't actually put on, worn for years, <clears throat> just were there in the cupboard. Just use it as a small example of having, owning, passing on, making some space. This is part of a mindfulness practice. It's a, it's a way of being in the world, of sharing, giving, offering. <clears throat> to just go back to a couple more words, a few minutes, and then I'll uh, listen to you. And then in ter terms of the and then the theme goes on a little bit as I, and as I mentioned there some of us not too keen and not too much on the word discipline it can feel a little bit like a excuse me a must or a have to and I think, for me, the word discipline can be a pressure, but a curiosity and an interest in making changes, in 
cultivating something worthwhile. It's a feeling element is in the activity. It's easy to cultivate or it's easier to let go of. Just a feeling of having something and giving to another or others, charity shop, whatever. Doesn't seem like a pressure I should let go of. I am exercise the discipline to be with less. The feeling nourishes and the action takes place. So if we are making changes, it can be worthwhile just to check in with the feeling element that goes with the making of the changes. It feels worthwhile. It feels valid. It feels a uh, an important or precious thing to do. And this will help without making it a, an intense or stressful situation. Feelings, thoughts and actions really do have a sound relationship with each other. <clears throat> and then, going on from that, so there's some focus points on the practice uh, uh, there. And some reference, really valuable one, of um, the use and the application of energy. <clears throat> so we know, very quickly now, science, Mr. Einstein and company will say, uh, uh, it's all is energy, energy re remains constant, it remains the same, and that's a valid, useful viewpoint. But from experience, it doesn't. Experience says sometimes I have more energy and sometimes I have less energy. And it, our mindfulness practice is to take care and to be mindful with the different energies we might experience and others as well. A lot of extra energy can be used very insightfully and beneficially, but it also can be used to idealize, to be engage in fanciful thinking, to start launching lots of projections out of the high energy. Low energy can generate views of um, self-worth or lack of it, exhaustion, projecting it into the long term. Um, no energy can feel depressing, disheartening. All these extra feelings and emotions can link in with low energy. And it's part of our mindfulness practice to attend, be vigilant about the energies, Recognize at times the energy is quiet and low and be respectful to it. 
times when it is high, times when it's somewhere uh, uh, in between. And the way we think at the time is as important at the time as the energy itself, the way we think about it, the way we think about ourselves, or we think about the future, or we think about the past. To really recognize and be clear, the energy level often has an influence on the way we think about yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And is the thinking wise, clear, supportive, beneficial, or is it just some old reactive pattern with too high energy, moderate energy, or low energy? All right, I've covered a few of those points. There are many um, uh, others uh, as uh, uh, well. So this time we'd like to just gonna have a sip of the water down below. The, the laptop is on a rather small table. And despite a few years of mindfulness uh, practice, the mindfulness tells me not to have a the water right next right next to the laptop. <laughs> because it requires it people like me, extra mindfulness. And uh, once it uh, went over, over the keyboard, it's difficult. But then I got a bright idea. My daughter had a hairdryer upstairs and I found it. It's a very good instrument for drying water or tea or coffee that goes over the spit over the keyboard okay tips over <laughs> anyone like to have any um response um this either can be the spoken or the or the or the other other written and i don't mention as you know anyone's good name if you Right, uh, uh, something. It may not be a question. It could just be a, a comment or a reflection. Could be about this time this evening or some other issue. I also can see some of your uh, yes. Okay, it's Christoph. Um, you uh, you put out the challenge of uh, wondering about. What will we say to a small group of people uh, when we have a couple of minutes to talk to them about livelihood, ethics, um, um, consumption, things like that? Yeah. Uh, and this really got me thinking and wondering what I would say in that situation. Mm -hmm. And I stumbled about this distinction. I hope I use the terms correctly in this context yes. of relative and absolute truths. Yeah. Uh, from yeah. a relative perspective or a pragmatic perspective, I would say, okay, we could say it comes down to advice to to limit one's consumption, to look at how do we actually need it, how does it feel, yeah. to watch out for environment and so on and so on. From an absolute perspective, it becomes much more complicated. Uh, mm -hmm. 
in terms of what does it really mean? Uh, is there any impact of myself reducing my consumption in the overall largeness of the world and of time and so on and so on? And this, this is difficult for me to, to take apart because I find it too simple to just give this pragmatic answer of saying, okay, just look at your consumption, reduce it a bit and watch out that you don't fly too much. <laughs> right. I get, I get the point. It's a, a useful reminder. Um, for myself, I tend to hesitate um, to use the word absolute because it sounds absolute. <laughs> so I hesitate to use the, the concept. Um, but there is a, rela a relationship here. I'll just comment a little bit here. So teachings and the practices with the mindfulness and much more is to find a certain integration with life, um, a clarity and wisdom about it, which is this pragmatic element that you just referred uh, to, and not regard it as um, an end in itself, though it is healthy and skillful and beneficial, really in harmony with people, animals, and the environment, but it also generates for us um, the calmness and the clarity, enough calmness and clarity to raise a question which transcends the pragmatic, which is other than just being a well-adjusted, well-integrated human being there. It would not be, um, as it were, the ultimate um, aspiration. And therefore, a, we might call it a transcendent element. We might call it a freedom. That's a transcendent element which embraces everything. We might call it a deep sense of the interconnectedness. We might call it that which, in which our life is not at the center of the stage. We might call it to some sense of something infinite without any, which can't be measured. Mindfulness and all of the work or explorations we talk about in my view, is a, a preparation for a sense or a glimpse of something which transcends my personal story, my personal life, my lifestyle, something else. Uh, and so in a way we contribute to this through um, getting a balanced, proper perspective on our life in order to have a sense of something which I might call transcendent to it.
Uh, and it is a challenge to recognize one and the other. Any any help? Any clearer? Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> the, the, <clears throat> it, it, it would be a tragedy, not a pity, it would be a tragedy to forget that which you refer to, say, as ultimate truth. To forget something immense and extraordinary about life. Something extraordinary about it, which is vast and uh, limitless, infinite. And if we take a real interest in that as well, it will contribute to getting our modest life into perspective. Our life is modest. And, and when human beings, when we are caught up in greed or habit or um, fear or blame, we kind of shrink, we, we get smaller, we, 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 we kind of get, we, we're kind of lost in this world. And we really are missing out on the best. And it's reactive mind states which make us prisoners of our world. And we're here to liberate ourselves from being imprisoned. And mindfulness has a contribution to make. All right. Thank you, Christophe. Good to hear your good voice as always. <laughs> Anyone else? Any responses or comments? I'll have a look to see if anybody's put a note up. <clears throat> so I see a few good names up there. Manu is there and Morinier there. Some are mute. Tina, Melissa. Gal, Christoph, of course, and others. How's life? Let me ask you, any of you and others along the uh, the band at the top of the screen. <laughs> any priorities in anyone's life? Anything said? I would say something. Can yes, you hear please. me? You're welcome. Yeah. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I um, have to switch to English now. It's a bit confusing, but um, the topic about um, the uh, low energy and high energy and how to react to it, yes. um, and that the reaction to it is very important, you said. Um, I think it's a very good topic, and I don't have a certain question, but I would like... Uh, yeah, to talk about it, because I oh, had, today I recognized my low energy, yeah. and um, yeah, I then thought, oh, shall I just have low energy now, or shall I go for a run, or is it okay to to have low energy, is it not okay, can it just be like this, or do I have to do something about it, and uh, yeah, so maybe, I don't have a certain question, as I said, but maybe you, you like, uh, you have some ideas, or can say something about it. Yes, I, I hope you have plenty of um, um, ideas. Someone just this morning 
to my, an old friend of mine who I haven't seen since 1967. So it's a while. <laughs> and he found the photograph of me and him and his wife. And he had my email address and sent it over. So he must have dug out my name, whatever, you know, on Google or blah, blah, blah. And he said, and then he put, here's a photograph, da, da, da. Where do you get all this energy from to go tra traveling around the world and doing all that, da, 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 da. <clears throat> it's a fair enough question. So my immediate response uh, to uh, uh, to this course, around diet and um, meditation, lifestyle, love, etc. And even in the best of conditions, so far, good health, happy, energy still must go down. It has to. If it didn't, I'd never get to sleep at night. <laughs> so it has to be low, low energy there. And as mentioned, one is to be mindful of the way we think about it. So the initial sentence can be, gosh, I'm feeling low energy today or this day, or this afternoon, or this week, or whatever. And then to see if some event is, has contributed to it. Loss, separation, disappointment, or whatever. That can have an impact. <clears throat> Could be biological, of course, time of the month. Um, it could be excessive thinking. It could be the body is asking and inviting, generating of some more energy, like you say, the jog, going outdoors or, or whatever. So there is a low energy. It's common to all human beings, energy in that way. Recognizing the descriptive thought, this is low energy, that's a pure description, excellent. and to see, if one can, what might have contributed to it. And it could be the excess of something, too much time on the, on the screen, which is very addictive, you know, whatever screen we might use. <clears throat> Um, it it uh, could be um, something needing to be done and we get low energy and we forget what is it I need to find the energy to do. And sometimes you can always put the music on and dance, do some yoga at home, um, uh, go for the walk or the jog and see if that 
has a beneficial impact on the energy. So low energy experiences provide an opportunity. What is it connected with? Is there an emotion or a story around it? There may not be. Is it just the time of the day or biological time? There. Um, does the body just need to move more? So just a few small questions and exploration, and then and then you feel the change. All right. All right. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Pleasure. Thank you. And I think there might be a note on the screen here. And I'm going to go and switch over to the to the side uh, there. <laughs> uh, one person writes, um, I'm sick in bed, but glad to hear you all. Nice, thought, uh, thoughtful. <clears throat> it's also, it's one of the many expressions of quite often low energy, that the person writes there, and we there's some uh, you know, sickness, whatever it might be. And being calm and steady with the sickness takes mental pressure off the body. This is how it is. We may take some few supportive steps could be medication, could be meditation in the bed, really resting, etc. To give the body as much opportunity as possible for a recovery. Life, you know, it engages and brings about for our sickness uh, uh, there. It's unpleasant. Take a little while for the renewal to come. And this willingness to be patient, especially with sickness. And as I say, may require some steps. Good voice of another, professional advice. Um, at, in my room next door in the kitchen, I have a cupboard. And my first, shall we call it, point of call, so if I'm sick, um, I like to go to old medical books. Anyway, pre-conventional um, straight um, uh, medicine uh, and look up in the dictionary form how things were done with such a sickness over a hundred years ago. So I've got a couple of these um, <clears throat> books and for 14 pounds, that's probably around 16 euros, I've got five volumes of a medical dictionary published in around, I think, 1912. 
just amazing what people did. The knowledge of plants and alternatives, you know, to get well. Really some good tips, good advice. So I'll use those kind of resources. If it's more serious, then I might take the steps to, uh, to see the conventional medicine. But as a last resort. All right. Nice. Anyone else? Any uh, uh, and and someone wishes wishing uh, the person in bed a good recovery. Lovely. Let me just switch over to here. I will catch you just on the eight o'clock period uh, here. I think we're all covered. All right. So let's just have a quiet minute to, uh, together just to conclude and now just say a couple of sentences. So this evening we've touched on some vital areas of human existence. We live in the field of uh, the vibrancy of life. <clears throat> Health matters, lifestyle matters, our livelihood um, matters, what we eat and drink matter, the good support of uh, others. <clears throat> the friendships and the connections, all of which uh, matter. And it's not that you and I, regardless of our age, will say, oh, I've done that, I've worked that out, etc. Life being a movement um, and an ongoing process means that we regularly just checking in with our motivations, our intentions, our needs, <clears throat> our, uh, what we have, what we don't need, and so forth. We just, just not being obsessive about it, but just quietly checking in. Uh, so, and recognizing as well that there is something, shall we say, beyond all of that, that might show itself um, I was on Dartmoor, which is a lovely open expanse half an hour away from here. I was there last week. One just looks out on this glorious countryside and the sky hanging low and these old tours, rocks and fields, and much, much more. Whoa, 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 extraordinary there. It's this sense of something, it kind of represents, it reminds us of something bigger than ourselves. And these reminders are really valuable and important. We do not want our life to confine us. 
we do not want to use all our mindfulness up on trying to have things just working well for us. We want to keep open to that which is more ultimate, which kind of transcends it, but not separate from. Don't forget. Thank you very, very much, everybody. And lots of uh, love to you. And we'll be uh, in touch and next uh, Wednesday uh, evening. Same time, same place. If you can come, you're very welcome. So I'm going to go to, across to the all-powerful red button. <laughs> and uh, like at the traffic light, <laughs> the stop sign has come up. Thank you, everybody. Lots of love. Bye for now. <laughs>